time it is it's time for the fan in the van podcast um my god uh what an interesting past few days in the sports world um you know obviously you know the yankees the first team to 50 we'll discuss that in a few but um you know getting back into the deshaun watson situation here uh yesterday i was reading and even sunday for a bit um that the nfl is close to a suspension actually amazing that they're even doing anything and some of the suspensions i'm seeing some of them are some of them are spot on uh there was one that ian rapaport came out and he's like oh i you know i've heard it will be a four to ten game suspension if you're only going to suspend the guy four to ten games then what's the point of even suspending him then i mean you know there's ones i've seen where it's at least a two a, a, a two a, you know a two season suspension uh, last night I seen a sixty game suspension. Um, sixty, yeah, I could go with that. I could go with anything, anything more than a year suspension for what he's done would 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 be perfect for me, and it should be the right punishment. Um, you know, it it, it just is what it is on that situation. You know, and, and I think we've beaten it to death. You know, and we've talked about it a lot, and and mainly that's because. That's one of the biggest, you know, stories in the sports world right now is what's this suspension going to be? You know, what does Cleveland do? How can Cleveland get out from under this contract? You know, can the trade be reversed? You know, they interviewed Nick Cesaro, the GM of the Texans. He said, pretty much said the only way that this trade gets reversed is if there was a cyber attack on the NFL system, you know, the NFL computer systems. So it's not getting reversed. I don't think Cleveland has a way out of this contract. And again, Cleveland is always going to Cleveland because you knew this would happen. And, and, and I know it's repetitive, but you knew this shit was going to happen. Like, you knew the minute you signed this guy, it was going to be an avalanche of bullshit on top of more bullshit on top of more bullshit. Did, did not anybody else see this coming? Because you'd have to be a fool to really sit there and think to yourself, oh my God. I really didn't think that he would... I didn't think that there would be more women coming out of the woodworks. Bullshit. You know, and the fact that Cleveland, you just... <laughs> you know what? I mean, we, we, I, could, I could do this whole episode of just bashing this whole situation, but I'm not going to. Um, you know, obviously we had the NBA Finals, Golden State won. And now there's a lot of comparison to can Steph Curry jump, you know, LeBron James. Honestly, I think he already has. And it's not just because of accolades. Okay. Bottom line is this. They interviewed Steph Curry, right? And I think it was like after the game. Or if not, it was like a day or two after the fact. And there was something. And this shows you the character from Steph Curry. And it shows you just exactly what everybody's been saying about LeBron James. All right, so Steph Curry pretty much, you know, said that we found a way to get it done. Everybody on this stage had a part in this. Okay, 
So he's giving credit to the whole team and the whole organization for getting them to a fourth championship. And not only that, that he didn't, he didn't just win it for him, that Clay Thompson had a hand in it. You know, Draymond Green, as much as I can't stand him, you know, he had a hand in it. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton Jr., you know, all these guys, the front office, the coaching staff, the owners, you know, and then here's LeBron back in 2020 when they won it. I want my damn respect. So that shows you the class pretty much between a selfless superstar and a selfish superstar, which is exactly what he's been. And these are the things where when you when you look at these things, when it comes to Jordan, you know, like Shannon Sharp came out and he said that that Jordan Jordan fans are comparing are coming after LeBron because they view him as a threat. If they didn't, he he wouldn't bother them at all. It's First off, when you come out and say you're one of the greatest of all time, okay, you came out yourself and publicly said it, okay? We didn't anoint you the greatest of all time. You anointed yourself the greatest of all time, okay? So that's one, all right? That's one in itself. You anointed yourself this. We didn't. I didn't give you the title of greatest of all time. You came out and said you are one of the greatest of all time. And it's the fact that you're doing things that annoy the real knowledgeable basketball fan. Like the other day I mentioned it. He's not re-signing in LA till he sees who they bring in so he can hold them accountable. But look at everything LeBron brought into LA. And to such a point now, Carmelo Anthony, I'm not signing anywhere. I'm not signing until I know what LeBron's doing. This is what is so fucked up with today's NBA. The minute and, and you have LeBron to thank for this. Okay? When you started forming these dumbass fucking super teams because we had to take a video game scenario and we had to make it real goddamn life, okay? When this all started, you created a clusterfuck of bullshit, okay? Because now you have, in Brooklyn, you have the scenario now where Brooklyn and Kyrie Irving are at an impasse. They don't want to give them a long-term extension, but Kyrie wants one. To a point where Kyrie goes, well... Pretty much, if they're not going to sign me, or if they're going to do a signing trade, then it's either L.A., the Knicks, or the Sixers. Okay? You know, it's just to, it's to such a point where it's like, when this is teaming up with everybody to win, LeBron came out and said he would welcome a trade to Golden State. No shit you would welcome that. I said it, I think, on Friday. No shit. No shit, because then you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to be the guy. You wouldn't have to be the number one guy because you could just ride Curry's coattails, you know. And that's what kind of people are saying about you know Durant. Well, look at Durant now after he left Golden State. Durant left to prove something to himself that he could win it without Steph Curry, without Green, without the Warriors. And I respect Kevin Durant for doing such. Okay. And even in the Brooklyn situation, there was there was a mock scenario where LeBron gets traded to Brooklyn. Okay, if you do that, you're really not getting much in. You have to give up Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, which I don't think a lot of Nets fans would be too upset about. You know, you'd have to give up a first round draft pick. And I think there was another piece in there. And all you're getting back is LeBron James and a second-round draft pick. 
right? That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. It's so pathetic. Today's NBA, you know, and I even mentioned where Stephen A. Smith said Steph Curry elevated the game of basketball for the better. I'm sorry. I don't know about you, but I can't sit there and watch Dribble, 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 shoot a three. 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 Dribble, dribble, dribble. I can't. I can't. I like the 90s era of basketball where people drove into the hole and you saw people getting yoked the fuck up in the paint and no foul being called. And no fouls being called at the time. You know, it's... Like, I, like I, watched, I watched game six of the NBA Finals. Okay, and today's NBA is one of the most sloppiest, sloppiest errors of basketball I've ever seen. You literally get an you you get a defensive rebound, or there's a take you know or or you know or let's say Steph Curry loses control of the ball, and instead of slowing up the tempo to create a play, they're just running down the court and just chucking up whatever they want. You know, you have 24 seconds on the shot clock and they're not creating any play. No, no backdoor, you know, no backdoor lane, no, no nothing. No nothing. This NBA era is just, I'm, I'm sorry, there's a lot of talent within it. Don't get me wrong. You have a lot of talented guys in the NBA. A lot of the younger guys, you know, the Luka Doncic's, the Trey Young's, the Dame Lillard's, the CJ McCollum's of the world. I, I understand that. But this is one of the sloppiest eras of basketball I've ever watched. It just truly is. Um, you know, even speaking of that, I seen something early this morning, uh, you know, where C.J. McCollum's trying to recruit Dame Lillard to New Orleans. And New Orleans has got to give New Orleans, in essence, would only get Dame Lillard and his three-year $118 million that's, left, that's due to him. And Portland would have to give up like half the roster to, do, to, to get rid of Dame Lillard. Is that something New Orleans does? And if they do it, does that make New Orleans a, a more relevant team in the NBA? I, I, I really just, I don't know. But to jump off that, back to the Watson thing real quick, though. So I'd seen something. Former NFL exec Andrew Brandt was on, um, on, the, Cook, on the Cook and Joe show. I have no idea what it is, nor do I really care. Um... And he's pretty much saying what I've been saying this whole time. How this is a league that apparently cares about women allegedly. Okay? So how does he get on the field? How? How? You know, th- he sees it as they're not going to get on the field. He, he, he doesn't see any way he gets on the field. And I don't see how he gets on the field either. That this, I think if I had to guess, this suspension comes down between now and Friday. If, if the NFL is going to take a serious stance, it has to be this week. Because if anything past this week, we're just going to go, eh, whatever, at this point. Uh, but let's get into the first to 50 wins, the New York Yankees. And Sunday's game was one of those, it, it stung a bit because you had the lead, you blew the lead, you try making a comeback. A lot of questionable things, in, you know, at the end of the game where, you know, you had Stanton on base, why didn't you pinch run for him? Well, apparently the shortstop, I can never pronounce his name, it's not going to. Um, apparently he had hamstring tightness, so you couldn't do that. 
Uh, you had Hicks up in the bottom of the ninth with not only the tying run on second, but the go-ahead at first. And you had Matt Carpenter on the bench who could easily put one into the right field porch. And you pinch, and you don't pinch hit Aaron Hicks there who did nothing all day. Meanwhile, I get that Aaron Hicks was the savior yesterday. And Aaron Hicks has been hitting again, but... You got these fans, you got these fans, and this is what I can't stand. You bash the guy one day, you praise him the next, but you know what Aaron Hicks is. It's Jekyll and Hyde. It's one day Aaron Hicks is the end-all, be-all, and the next day it's, he sucks again. To such a point where it's like, I just sit there, like, last night is case in point. I get, again, Aaron Hicks saves the day, I get it. But this is the issue and it's not just a Yankee issue. This is a, this is a every team issue. Your ace is on the mound, and you only put up two runs through eight innings. And I get that Garrett Cole was flirting with a no-hitter, and this is what I can't stand. Just all post on Twitter, oh, something's going on in Tampa that you can't talk about, but here we are talking about it. Just let it be. Just let it be. If it happens, it happens. It doesn't, it doesn't. You don't have to sit there and post it all over the goddamn place. Okay? You just you don't have to do it. But, you know, listen, the Yankees pulled it out, obviously. And, you know, even though, even though Judge didn't get a hit, he's reached base for, at, at a, 43 games out of the 50 safely, so... I mean that that's something that's just that that's just it's uh, blah, blah. obviously it's you know it's a tremendous thing and Judge is having one hell of a year, but the thing that annoys me is when everybody talks about the Yankees. This is what you hear now. Oh, they're in the oh well, they're in a crappy division. The AL East was one of is one of the hardest divisions. It's not the Yankees' problem or the fan base's problem that the Red Sox are like twelve and a half back. That the Orioles are 20 and a half back. And even though the Orioles are only eight games under 500, okay, the fact that Tampa is now 14, I think 14 and a half out, and that Toronto is 12 out, okay, there was a lot of expectations for, for all of them this year, including Baltimore, who hasn't been relevant in God knows how long. But there was a lot of there was a lot of expect, especially for Toronto. You know, get, having Springer signing Ryu, uh, who they wound up losing for the year. You know, going out and getting Jose Barrios in the in the off season. You know, with with a three headed monster and Biggio, Bichette, and Guerrero. You know, this team was supposed to be the legitimate threat, and here they are, and they're celebrating a Sunday win like they just won the World Series, but you already lost the series. And what what the Yankee haters aren't taking from this right now is the fact that we have a healthy Stanton, a healthy judge. Garrett Cole is, is pitching pretty much dominant when he's supposed to. Severino's been on his game. The fact that Nestor Cortez, who in 2019 had an ERA of almost six and is below a two, okay? The fact that Talion... Last year had an ERA over four and is under three. The fact that Clay Holmes had an ERA of six last year and hasn't pretty much given up a single run yet because it's a 0.29 ERA. And the fact that Montgomery had had an abysmal ERA last year of almost seven 
and he's under three. The fact that this bullpen without Chapman and without Lewisica and without Zach Britton is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Other than Sunday, they've been pretty good. Okay? So, don't give me the, it's a weak AL East. Don't give me, it's just luck of the draw. Don't give me, it's, oh, well, MLB wants the Yankees to win, so it's scripted this way. Okay, don't give me none of that shit. Okay, because that's not what this is. Okay? Bottom line is this, the Yankees are doing exactly what the Yankees are supposed to do. They're winning series, and they're beating the teams that are on the schedule. That's what they're doing. Okay? That's exactly what they're doing. That's what they should be doing. And for all those that sit there and they're like, oh, well, you know, again, it's a weak AL East and, you know, and they're only playing crappy teams. First off, when we started the year against Boston, Boston was supposed to destroy us. And look what happened there. You know, it's the same thing when the Steelers had their undefeated streak and they were like 11 and 0, 12 and 0. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they have a weak schedule and you're playing only crappy teams. Again, the team doesn't write the schedule. The Yankees didn't write this schedule. Major League Baseball did. The Yankees didn't go in there and say, oh, you know, we want to play Toronto and make sure that they're 12 back. Oh, we want to play Tampa and make sure they're 14 back. And make sure we play Boston and make sure that they're, you know, 12 and a half back. And let's, you know, no, 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 no. Just enough. You know, I sit here. And I do two, three episodes a week. And, I'll, and I give the Mets credit for what they've done. Okay? But you have these Yankee haters that can't do it because it's, you just don't understand the true game of baseball. You, 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 you don't grasp it. So for that, I feel bad for you. I truly do. Because you look at the Mets side of things. And they're, and they're five and a half up in, a, in the NL East. That's just as tough as the AL East, when you have the Braves, the Phillies, you know the the Nationals, you know it is it the Met, you know is it the Mets' fault that the Marlins suck, the Nationals suck, the Phillies are trash, and the Braves are eh? No, but what are the Mets doing? The same thing the Yankees are doing. They're winning series. They're beating the teams on the schedule they're supposed to beat. They're beating up on the crappy teams and getting past the good teams. So again, I don't understand where you just can't sit there and just be knowledgeable for two seconds in your life and understand the fact that this Yankee team is what we didn't expect this year. Because let's be honest, if you're a real Yankee fan, did you expect the Yankees to be on this tear they're on? No, especially when they're like 21-7 and at home or whatever it is, and they're like 21-10 and on the road. The fact that they have a run a, a, a run difference of like plus 143 and no other team in the AL East is close to that, okay? And when you look at the Mets side of it, the Mets are doing this without, without Jacob deGrom and without Max Scherzer. So if you're a knowledgeable baseball fan, even though you could be a Yankee fan, you could still give the Mets credit. You could still do it. It's not that hard. I just did it. Okay? It's not hard to do. It just, it, it just really isn't. You know, you would think you, you would think 
for everybody that I know that lives in New York, whether you're a Yankee fan or a Met fan, that you would want to see a Yankees-Mets World Series again. Because some of these younger kids didn't, the only way they got to see it was by watching, you know, the Yankees' greatest hits or whatever on the fucking Yes Network. Okay, they didn't get to watch it live as it happened. You didn't get to watch Clemens versus Piazza live as it happened. Okay? You didn't get to watch it, so you don't know that feeling. Okay? And for some of these younger kids, you you would want them to have that feeling this year. Because you don't know what next year is going to bring or the year after. I mean, the Mets could go back to being a fucking former shell of themselves next season. And the Yankees could go on to be the juggernaut they're supposed to be. Or it could be vice versa where the Mets become the dominant team in New York. And the Mets go to freaking the Yankees are just like, whatever. You know. But I was asked by somebody, you know, what do the Yankees do at the trade deadline? And the trade deadline's still far away. But, you know, seeing how the Yankees treated this offseason, and again, the fact that they didn't go and really make that big splash other than Rizzo and then making the trade that we still question to this day. I'm sorry, I still question it. I know that there's a lot of people still questioning this whole Donaldson trade. You know, and he's been decent. I'll give him, I'll give them that. But again, to trade youth away that you financially control to take on money for a guy who, you know, at some point is going to be hurt again is beyond me, but whatever. I'm still not giving Cashman an apology because I don't think Cashman had a good offseason. I'm sorry. I, I think, I just think he told us what we wanted to hear. And that's that. But. You have to ask yourself this. Ready? What if Cashman went and got Correa? What if Cashman went and got, you know, Freddie Freeman instead of Anthony Rizzo? You know, are the Yankees still where they are with those two as opposed to what they have now? Yeah. To me, they are. To me, they are. But they're not the only reasons why. See, the only reason why, again, what you have to understand is the Yankees are where they are because everything's clicking. Okay? And by that, it's the pitching The pitching is getting you through the game without giving up too many runs. The bullpen's keeping you in the game. Judge is healthy. Stanton's healthy. LeMayu's healthy. You know, you have all your key guys healthy. That's why the Yankees are where they are. And yeah, some of it's luck of the draw that Boston isn't what Boston was supposed to be. Toronto isn't what Toronto's supposed to be. But we just don't play the AL East. Okay? We play the AL Central, the AL West. So, it's just more than, it's more than just the AL East. But again, like the Mets. The Mets just don't play the NL East teams. They play the Dodgers, they play the Pirates, they play the Cardinals, and what the Mets are doing is the same thing the Yankees are doing. Again, you're going, you're, t- you're, you're winning a two out of three game series, you're winning a three out of four game series, or you're sweeping a series, you're not losing too many games, and you're keeping your lead in your respective division. So, what is the... what what? 
why is it that when the Mets do the Mets are doing it and it's celebrated, but the Yankees are doing it and let's dump all over it? This is the difference in the sports world between your knowledgeable sports fan and let's call it what it is, your fucking idiot sports fan. Let's just call it what it is. But with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work, but I figured I'd pop on real quick since it's been a few days. Um, you know, as always, I like to thank everybody that follows, retweets, listens. Um, obviously, my guys at 1420 Sports, Nate's Daily Wagers, Average Joe Sports, Bray Wyatt Fan 24. Uh, and to everybody else, thanks as always. Uh, everybody enjoy your day. Uh, and as always, stay safe. Peace.